that's such a good idea because I never really thought of it like that because I just kind of understood it as a, a forum, you know, where they could have a chat and thought oh, they're not going to come on camera and they get embarrassed. But that's such a good way and a, yeah. a really good way, I think, to make health and safety interesting. <laughs> Hello, this is Beth and this is the Digital Natives in FE podcast. Coming up on today's episode, I'll be chatting with Sean McLaughlin, who is my fellow Microsoft Innovative Educational Expert, and we met on the platform. He gives some great tips on how to engage learners within the land-based industry for learners who are very practical. I'll also be answering your listener questions. I'd just like to add here that if you can, please download the podcast so that you're not streaming because this will help the environment and it's something I'm very passionate about. So if you can download the episode and listen to it that way, that would be great. I'm chatting with Sean McLaughlin and Sean McLaughlin has some really good ideas about using augmented reality using Flipgrid. Now me and Sean met in the Microsoft Innovative Educational Expert community and it's a really good it's a really good forum um, where teachers can talk about their teaching um, specifically with Microsoft and also some of their extra tools that they partner with such as Flipgrid and Wakelet. You can also see the latest information on there. You get to speak with um, the Microsoft Educational Director and give them some tips and ideas and beyond that you get a little badge that you can put on your lanyard and everybody likes a badge and this year we actually got a mug so I'm going to be using my mug with pride in my new job so I have a new job in a new establishment um, but it's pretty much doing the same job where I'll be coaching teachers in using digital technology and education technology to improve their teaching. So first we're going to listen to me and Sean, have a little chat, and then after that I have a new segment which is called Listener Questions, and I post this up on Twitter and a few people ask me questions and I'm going to answer them after my interview. So we're joined today by Sean McLaughlin. Hi, Sean. Hi. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about um, your career in FE? And and then we're going to have a little chat about the ME community. I'm, I'm in FE and, and I'm a forestry lecturer in an agriculture college in, in East Sussex. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm a teacher from industry, as it were. So I, I was... Um, in industry and and teaching people um, forestry skills and 
Um, and yeah, I thought I wanted to do more really. So yeah, ended up applying to college and then went into teaching. And yeah, and obviously once I got there, I realised it was quite a different ball game teaching um, in FE. But um, yeah, I, I really was enjoying learning the industry, as it were, the teaching industry. So I, I, I stuck with it and yeah, I've been in um, teaching, this has been my fourth year now. Yeah. Up. And do you enjoy it? Yeah, I do. I really enjoy it. Um, I've got some great, great guys on the courses. You know, some really tough days, but the, the, the moments, you know, when the, the the students really get it and, you know, you can you feel you're having a difference, that's, you know, that those bits really sort of make up for everything. Um, like, that's what we all say, isn't it? Yeah. So what are your students like? What age group? Or... So it's varied. Um, I have a, a 14 to 16s group who are mostly home ed and um, one day a week from school. Now, they're usually the most difficult students. And I yeah. think um, I'm quite um, – I've got good tolerance and – and a, and, a, and a good sort of attitude for those students. So I, I used to teach them for a few years running. Um, it, but it was, that was, that's been the most difficult, difficult though, teaching and, and learning to sort of teach those, those students and, and trying to differentiate and trying to, you know. Um, yeah, because I guess equal. they're very practical students, aren't they? That's what I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, so you, you normally say to them, why are you on the forestry? <laughs> Basically, because they don't want to be in the classroom. Yeah. Um. And but there is classroom work that needs to be done. And so I, that's my first job, kind of in a way, is is to telling them that you know all the classroom stuff is also a skill that you can learn. Or and so yeah, that I I do a lot of that in my job, and um and actually yeah, had some real successes in in ed tech with that, but. I, I could tell you about, about that later. Then some of the other groups yeah. I have are, um, um, yeah, quite varied really. Um, um, level three, year two, which are eighteen to twenty-one year olds, and so they're quite advanced in their sort of knowledge um, of forestry and arboriculture and all the science behind it and the, the tree identification and all. So how have you used EdTech? Because obviously we've met through uh, the Me community, Microsoft, for anybody who doesn't know, and um, we're sort of connected, aren't we, as well on Twitter and TikTok. So I know you're quite keen on, you must be keen on uh, EdTech tools. Um, oh, yeah, most definitely. I'm, I'm really passionate about EdTech and um Within my yeah my college, I, um, along with a colleague who was the digital manager, I sort of become sort of one of a one of the champions really of ed tech in the college. Um, you know during during the lockdown, and we just got removed moved to remote obviously, and we had quite a basic sort of system of uh, Moodle and just sending you know emails and having to sort of just create things that way do you moodle do you know moodle and yeah we our yeah. college actually use moodle um yeah. and i was i was interested to know actually because i know you use teams as well and our college 
we kind of it's quite open for our teachers so they can either use Moodle or Teams. Oh, so we moved away from Moodle totally, although we use right. we use a turn it turn it in, which is is that that was was that Moodle or was, or, can, or was that a separate thing as well? Yeah, uh, you can have it separate, can't you? But you can yeah. have it within Moodle. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, we we had an amazing um, digital learning manager who's now gone and to work for Save the Children, but um, she she really sort of said, "Let's go for teams to the college," I believe. Well, mm-hmm. I, I know, and and it's they're sort of public, and then um, and I was like right there on the forefront. And I just had a knack for red tech, really, and, and, and enjoyed it. I don't know if it, I don't know where it comes from, to be fair, because I'm a forestry. <laughs> I love I love sort of forestry machinery and being out in the woods. But I just had a real knack for um, testing out things on Teams and the different apps, uh, Flipgrid, you name it, Wakelet, um, Microsoft Forms. I just had a real knack for it and. And a, and I think a knack and I think a not a knack but a, I could a capacity for sort of being able to do quite a lot and um, and so when everyone else was sort of slowing down kind of and getting sort of fatigue from being online I was sort of you know really enjoying it and um, mm. and so I'd be testing things and and um, and then obviously within online and twitter in, in particular there's all these different communities you can join and become leaders almost kind of in these communities or ambassadors i think the word would be and so i was yeah i was just signing up to be ambassadors of wakelet and you know yeah. grid certified and and then it was the mie that my digital manager actually said you know why don't you go for this and uh, the expert mi expert rather and, and so i did i I nominated myself and and um, yeah and and yeah that is that's one of the you know the best things I've been involved with actually in in teaching is that that community really yeah so what do you get out of being in that community <clears throat> I just just think it's um, just really an inspiring community I mean I for me and and um, and I've got a conversation tomorrow with a couple of educators called Jenna Lee, they're going to join our connection call, regional connection call, and they're going to be talking about their their book. And anyway, I remember sort of seeing them in the pandemic and, and or I hate to use that word, but the, the lockdown. And um, mm. and they really, you know, I seem, it seems like, and you included, Beth, like educators who were really passionate about ed tech you know really thrived in in lockdown and really sort of stepped up and you know and, and did you know did some really positive stuff and for me that those educators did that and I, I spotted a blog they did on uh, the immersive reader and how it you know levels the playing field for students and 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 then it turned out these students are their own children and for me that happened to me in during lockdown technology really helps one of my students who's really suffering from being online really stuff suffering with dyslexia and um, and actually he ended up being the distinction grade student because he had sort of access to all this technology and support wow. yeah. and i think 
for me, now with that knowledge inside me, you know, yes, like that's what's made me passionate about this because I've seen what a difference it can make, you know. Yeah. And, and you do see that, don't you? You, you know, all over Ed Twitter and in these different um, things we're involved with. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of driving my passion at the moment, really. Yeah, yeah, because I've, I've mentioned it on one of my episodes before, but technology is there to like help you differentiate and help those students that are struggling you know that's what the text for we can't teach uh students all in the same way can we no definitely not definitely not um, can i just explain what immersive reader is because it might be people yeah go ahead. yeah <laughs> yeah so immersive reader is um a technology within microsoft and um i believe it's in a it, yeah it's in lots of different of their applications as well and um and, and basically it's a little symbol that the student can click on and it, it just can read the text aloud they can change the, the text font they can check change um the, you know line line spacing they can click on the words for little images i mean am i explaining it well enough beth yeah like no it? that's perfect Jim. yeah um so yes yeah, so it's just this, this tool that just yeah, it just really, really changes things for the student who who can look, you know, who would normally look at a piece of paper or, or a website and just just be, yeah, just be overwhelming or and just just that simple tool can just really give that student access to that content really. Yeah, um, and I think also even if you don't think you, you know, someone might not know they've got dyslexia, or they might not even have dyslexia, but they actually prefer reading something on a blue background and they could use the app use the immersive reader for for anything you know i think it just makes it easier for everybody really to read yeah you're right it's it really does um and within that i mean i i don't know about you but i use dark mode on everything because it just oh you know what i'm the opposite oh I yeah <laughs> I, I cannot read if things are on a black background um, I've got shut. You know, like when you look away and you can see everything on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well, it's it's that's kind of what. So that explains well that sort of having these, you know, different sort of ways of looking at, you know, the tech that so you know that that it helps you know in, individualize yeah. and um, for each person because yeah, a point you made there about the. The tools to help people who are struggling, but actually, yes, I I've read something in yeah recently that it's more it's sort of that a tool to level the learning for for everyone, yeah, not just people who, who struggle, but for everyone. And if they you know if they choose to use it, basically, and yeah, and I'm sort of thinking more into that um, and trying to get away from these tools are just for people are struggling yeah these tools are awesome for people who struggle but i think um with me one of the biggest um accessibility tools is just been able to edit in in chat really because i'd write mm. something too fast or predictive text will pick it up and yeah that's what i love about within teams and linkedin and quite a few of the apps you can edit your chat <laughs> you can't do it in twitter 
No. So if I, yeah. so if I ever do, do anything in Twitter, I spend a lot of time sort of looking at it beforehand to not yeah. make a mistake. But I don't know why they do that. Yeah. I think um, it's one of my top requests. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it must have been a, there must be a reason behind it, but I'm not sure. I'm actually quite new myself to Twitter because so many teachers were saying to me, oh, you should be on Twitter, you should be on Twitter. I was like, no, I've got, I don't really use it. I don't know how to use it. I'm on Instagram. But actually, Twitter's a really good, as a teacher, if you're into staff development and talking with other teachers, it is really good, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, same same as you. I'm, I'm quite new, although I have upped my Twitter usage. Um, and my wife's getting a bit sort of worried that I'm uh, <laughs> no, what's the word? She she says, You're, you're so busy, like, and she can sort of see that I'm busy with yeah. sort of answering things and doing the MIA stuff and yeah she's you know like, I want a little story I've um do you ever go on Tez and download the resources on there I haven't no oh, okay um, I haven't done it for a while to be honest but it was a really bit it was one of the only places you could really download resources years ago and um, I downloaded this PowerPoint I can't even remember what it was on now but the very I didn't notice but on the very last slide when I was presenting it to the students <laughs> it just said something like say it was called Mr Jones he was like has Mr Jones spent too much time on this PowerPoint is Mr Jones's wife gonna leave him <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah I have to yeah I have to be careful about that <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it gets quite addictive, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. Yeah. Um, Luckily, I've not got a partner or kids, so I can get away with, yeah. with it. I've just started trying to get into Minecraft as well. I'm, a, I'm a mm. attending a Minecraft, um, and I'm like Mr. Jones here, attending the, the Minecraft um, training. And because um, sustainability and, and forestry are going to be really sort of linked. Um, oh. Okay, so yeah. I saw Minecraft, there's, I've seen bits on it and it was something that I, because years ago in my degree I studied distance learning, um, Minecraft was just coming into the, or just being made, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, oh, I mean I'm not, I couldn't go into detail, but I know it's pretty, pretty awesome for, mm. for STEM and, and now sort of sustainability and and it's right. got the deforestation lessons. and Because mm. I was wondering yeah. how it could work in FE because I felt like it was all to do with coding, you know, for secondary schools or primary schools. Oh, not at all. So the other day, level three, year twos, or level three, year ones, so 18, 19-year-olds. Um, and I'm only sort of in a tutorial session with them, really. So um, a few of them... You know, I just give them things like Flipgrid to do, to go out and find some trees, and I get into Flipgrid, their tree ID. Right. But because I'm doing the main Minecraft training, I thought, ah, oh, you know, I'll try this on them. And I've set up as a team's assignment, and a couple of them are like, oh, Minecraft. But then a couple mm. are like, yeah, Minecraft, love Minecraft. And I was like, right, I don't know too much about it, but sort of sign in, this, this gives you a free education accounts there's a difference between minecraft and the real real world and minecraft education account i think it's more creative the education account and yeah so just set 
five of them going on nothing particularly. It was, uh, it was a building project, build a tree house. All right. um, I didn't have too much involvement because it was just an activity really to engage in. But um, yeah, the, I had them sort of collaborating together and communicating and, and um, yeah, they were having a lot of fun actually. And, but I think so without sort of feeling not I don't know the word guilty but um yeah relevance, you know, doing something not relevant, it you know, the, looking at the training, it's really relevant that's those twenty first century skills in within Minecraft. So I was quite pleased that I was already um yeah, been using it in in my my not teaching but in my tutorials and, and in the student in the students' lives really. So really wanted to look into it but um i was just try. i was struggling to find how it could work in fe because i thought well coding maybe the it students but then you know they have their own coding i don't know oh so no so yes yeah, so just looking at it as the 21st century sort of skills lessons um and uh, and then sustainability lessons so it's built-in lesson plans Right. So, in your college, do you have do you have like the twenty first century skills? Well, I did the Microsoft Certified Educator, which is another thing I did in the lockdown, um, and that was the all the twenty first century skills uh, rubrics, and um, and so obviously when you apply for MEI expert, it, it asks you about the twenty first century skills you apply in your teaching, and a lot of the ed tech tools. I was using uh, had these skills like the wakelets, creating lessons with wakelets and and OneNote, um, Sway, all, all these different um, tools. So yeah, I think it's more me personally, um, but yeah. it's something that really interests interests me. Um, and what do you think it does for the students? Um, so yeah, so for the students, it's really going to be things are going to be um, doing like jobs that don't exist yet and, and their futures really uh, that this, these 21st century skills are going to be so useful and they maybe yeah they maybe don't know that yet and a bit like sort mm. of, I guess back in when we were um, at school and it'd be like say maths and English and for some of us it'd be like what, how are we going to use this in our lives you know and Realizing we've got a mortgage, we're married, and, and you know, work yeah. is really important. And I think that's for me is twenty first century skills, and um, and um, yeah, to to these students who just want to be practically minded. But I know forestry industry of the future. You know, there's already drone planting, and um, you can use simulator machines that you can you can learn to drive, say, a tree harvester, which simulator to three quarters of that you know three quarters of the percentage to pass in your test almost you know so quarter of be in the woods three quarters of be on a simulator so yeah, yeah, yeah. the first the future of our sectors and yeah it's definitely you know well obviously 21st century isn't it so yeah uh, anything i can do towards that so did you try that out with the 14 to 16 year olds or was this the older ones? Yeah, I um they were all on wake. I had them on wake there. 
collaborating and um, communicating different, you know, modes of communication. Um, I use a thingling with them as well. I had them creating like a virtual map of their area um, as things sort of popped up to do with the spring. I'd have them sort of recording it on Flipgrid, say, and then. Yeah. I'm surprised as well about Flipgrid because I've struggled to get students to use Flipgrid. <laughs> oh, so Flipgrid. Um, so I know I've done it for really boring things. I've done it for health and safety. So I uh, had them going around the college recording health and safety signs, fire extinguishers, but I had them in groups of, say, three or four, and there, there was a prize of chocolates to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> going around the whole college, Flipgrid in, I call it Flipgrid, I think that's the word. Um, um, all the health and safety things they could find after I've been teaching them for a while, using Wake and different things to teach them. Um, and um, so with Flipgrid um, in FE, so it's great because you can flip the camera so they're not looking at themselves. Or if they do have the camera looking at themselves, they can use emojis to cover the face or, or anything like that. It has an immersive reader in it. So if you put any instructions, they can use an immersive reader to read the instructions. And, and for me, I was using that to scientific names of trees, so the Latin names of trees. So put the common name and the Latin name. I'd have them out around the campus, flip grid in the trees, and they would they would use the immersive reader to get the correct pronunciation of the, the scientific name and oh. yeah, repeating themselves. So yeah, that's such uh, a good idea because I never really thought of it like that because I just kind of understood it as a a forum, you know, where they could have a chat and thought oh, they're not going to come on camera and they get embarrassed. But that's such a good way and a, yeah. a really good way, I think, to make health and safety interesting <laughs> yeah definitely because it is i mean it is yeah not very really not interesting and when you have you know some of the legislation is just oh but um yeah I, I made it a bit more interesting that way and and, that, and another fun thing so i've, I've recently shared 500 students have shared 500 videos which i think is quite a Wow. A big thing in Flip, really. You, you, you know, they give you a, sort of awards when you, or not awards, but recognition when you've done so many videos. And they come up as 500 the other day. And I was like, and because um, I'm back with the kids doing the, getting them to do the tree ID. And it was quite fun. This this, this was a more, a, a nice group of uh, students. I say nice. Um, let a bit more behave, maybe, with the, with the camera. And they were sort of doing the, the tree ID properly, and then they were just sort of doing a bit of fun things on the side, like one of them sort of popped out from behind the um, back of that line, you know, or from the yeah. stable, just sort of fun, you know, fun things. And I let them get away with it. The good thing about the topics on Flipgrid as well, you can moderate them. So okay. you can, if there is, if any, nothing ever did. Nothing's ever been worthy of deleting, and I think that's always been a fear. That was a fear for a lot of teachers. Like, oh, if you do this, they're just going to abuse it. But actually, I don't think that's ever happened to me um, with these technologies, including Teams. 
Um, and yeah, so I hadn't, they're sort of making fun videos. And so yeah, it sort of reignited it again, actually, um, the flip grid. Yeah, that, that's good. I might start suggesting that then to uh, teachers, especially we have construction in our um, college and you know health and safety is a massive module and they've got to they've got to teach it and they were using like Socrative as quizzes um, I don't know that one but yeah it's to be honest it's quite old mm. <laughs> I mean if you you think about we're quite innovative with what tech we use um but Socrative was around when <laughs> God, well, when I first started teaching, like 10 years ago, mm. but it's still being used now. Um, and, you know, it's not too bad, but I think something like Flipgrid or um, Minecraft, I just think that's brilliant to, yeah. to try and find something like that. And, um, you know, that's why I got into tech because, well, I was already in tech anyway, but the reason I used it in my lessons was because I realised, well, the students were already using Twitter or at the time they were using Twitter and they liked gaming. So what's the best way to learn is through play and through something they're already using anyway. Yeah, most definitely. I um so I wrote a bit of a blog for um Comfort, which is one of the, the forest sorry, I probably can't say it, for one of the forestry magazines. You can cut that bit. And um yeah, and I was talking about how using these apps like Flipgrid, um, Thingling, Wakelet was more like the kind of things they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, and I was basing that on sort of then that would be their 21st century skills, you know, sort of. So building the skills are just their normal things they used to, but building them in, you know, into a more relevant and relevant way. And, um, so yeah, and that in particular, that was doing the tree ID, using the Flipgrid tree ID, and, and with that, if they wanted to, it it did the students could like posts or or feedback on the posts, so it had that sort of feedback built in, rather than say just the, the Facebook feedback or or say Twitter feedback, you know, because it's in a, within an education space. Yeah, yeah, it's it's more constructive, as it were, and um, yeah. So um, yes, yeah, I I totally agree with that, Beth. Um, and I guess that I I don't know if you noticed that did you with your and I think I might have heard on your podcasts um, one of your carpentry lecturers maybe or. And he he mentioned how it's such the time saving of these tools, but I think those of us and in my college in particular who sort of were a bit anti to learn something new, um, yeah, to, to, you know, missed out on a lot of sort of opportunity really. And I think those those lecturers and teachers who embraced having to sort of change and learn new new methods of teaching have, have really gained a lot. Um, yeah, time, and I think I think that's one of the yeah another thing that's sort of driving me on really, um, and especially within the MEI community, Microsoft Innovative Educator community, and, and now being a, a fellow of that community, and so my role is to uh, mentor and, and encourage other educators, and yeah, 
what what sort of happened to me during that time in my teaching has really sort of you know spurred me on to do that really yeah so what kind of as a MIE fellow what do you what do you have to do and well what do you um, tell the teachers <laughs> so yeah so engagement is the key really Engage, engagement so I'm like engaged with within the community and then within my within our team south community in particular because it can get a bit busy the rest of the community um if you're doing this as well um although i do dip in but yeah sort of engage with the the guys interacting in that community chat with them like the post you know um and then my I'm responsible for a showcase channel where I'm encouraging um, educators and teachers um, to to tell us what they're doing to integrate tech into the, to their schools, and and when they do that, I encourage it and, and cause discussion and and then as mentioned before, tomorrow we've got the the American um, educators general. Jenny Long and Sally Clark, Jenny, Jenna Lee coming in to tell us what they've been doing in their schools to integrate tech. And they'll also be talking about the book. But yeah, it's kind of like inspiring the community still. And and, and yeah. so that, yeah, that's the main, main role of it. And then obviously to host some meetings. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I, I became a, and me I mean I suppose originally just because um, I'm one of those people that thought oh I'll try and do that you know it's a certification um I, I don't know how long you've been a part of it but I was it was probably a year ago I did and I, I was in a way new to teams at least with having hundreds of people on the same team and I was just like whoa what is this there's so many messages <laughs> there's so many different channels I don't know where to start um but a few people messaged me and said, you'll get used to it. Don't worry about it. Um, and now I've got used to it. I just think it's such a good community of, uh, you know, passionate educators. Yeah, certainly is. And then, certainly, no, same. I've only been just over so the year. So, and then this has been the second year as an MIE. So I've got MIE of the year for my first year. Oh. MIE expert of the year for the South. Yeah, and I think that was just because of my pure sort of in, engagement within the community, trying to answer questions and help others. Yeah, you know, and without that fear of, there's a fear of for some of the guys in it of, oh, I, maybe I don't know much, you know, maybe I leave that question for someone else, and then maybe it gets left that question, and so I'd be sort of trying my best to answer it if I'm, you know, if I made a mistake. I just had to kind of, you know, take it on the chin a bit. But... <laughs> <laughs> and then also, although you can edit chats this year, so if I made too much of a mistake, I can edit it out. Um, but also, I, you know, I volunteered to, to speak at our regional calls. And I think that, um, yeah, that obviously with our lead fellows sort of, give me a big sort of step up to becoming a fellow and then I had to apply as well and and, and say what I was going to do to engage not in, not only educators but sort of in my college and, and how I'm going to get involved with training so yeah I, I applied for that and yeah I, I got it I'm really pleased with that one yeah but, um, I mean, 
I mean, for me, probably you think, hopefully you think the same, is being able to engage with people from other colleges or even across schools because, you know, we don't often get that chance to communicate across sectors or, you know, through the country and find out, well, what are they doing? No, we certainly don't, do we? And that's one of the big things that's happening in all this, isn't it? And and not just that, but sort of globally, really, within Twitter, isn't it? And and with these guys dropping in tomorrow from from the stage and they're actually on the, I think they're on the holidays, so they're they're really <laughs> generous uh, people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so and I I kind of did. It wasn't my um, sort of little tagline, but I picked it up from a, a Wakelet podcast the other day and I think someone said we are better when we are all working together and, mm. and for me that that is kind of true sort of community and engagement community engagement if, you, if that's happening just some really good things can happen can't they yeah so are you a Wakelet ambassador as well yeah I'm a Wakelet ambassador like you yeah yeah I love Wakelet and I, I think I mean I know it's a company and you know I'm always wary of companies trying to make money when we're in education and everything's sort of free but I find just the fact that Wakelet is completely free and they do so much for teachers like in staff development and even the podcasts and the podcasts aren't necessarily education based all the time but they're really interesting to listen to and they offer so much I just think they're fab yeah they're fab I um I was part of their community week um I did a little, one of the, you know, remember the 24-hour live stream? Oh, yeah. I had a session in that, and that was the best thing. Really? Yeah, I've ever done. It's so cool. Um, and I've got the it? same bill as um, oh, Becky Keane, and I think oh, there's a few sort of famous sort of American and sort of even Scottish sort of teachers. I'm like, crumbs on the same sort of section as them. But, yeah, it's really, really lovely to be part of that. and. So exciting when it's. Do you remember the the summer, their summer community week, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Really exciting time, and um, and then yeah, you get a lovely T-shirt afterwards. Yeah, is and, and for me, they've given me loads of T-shirts, loads of stickers. Um, you know, I've said when I'm working with students, they've given me loads of stuff for the students. Yeah. And they're probably one of the only companies that are are willing to do that, and it does entice you to do more but or you feel maybe what you've what you've made me think of is that community really they they were just so good at community and and so good at sort of like drawing people in and and getting us to sort of help each other and um i think for me yeah that and i always mention that to them that whenever they email me or i say to them you know what makes you such a popular platform and and tech is that community you've got going on I think do you agree with that yeah um yeah that's a word that you feel valued as a you know as a teacher because of them even though they're just like a tech company if you really strip it back (laughs) you know they're just a tech company that this idea but I think because they're not just because a lot of these apps they come up with this idea great but they don't do anything for the teachers or their users and i just think that wakelet do so much 
Yeah, value is a good word. And I think, um, yeah, that, that's one thing that organisations and, and, yeah, and people, you know, sometimes don't quite get, do they? But if someone's getting that, that really makes a big difference, I think. Yeah, and offering it for free as well. Like, mm. it's all completely free. They said we will never charge mm. for weight clerk. Um, I mean, they must make the money somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do, I do, yeah. I don't, I've never thought about asking that question. I've sort of heard it, and I've heard someone sort of a bit disgruntled saying, "Well, you must make money somewhere." But I thought, do you know what? I, I don't think too deeply into it because, yeah, they just seem, you know. And I know you. I knew you were a weight ambassador, and you love the weight wave as well. Um, you've been doing some good stuff with that. We. Um, I see your augmented reality TikTok. Yeah, yeah. and But to be honest, a lot of it, I'll just go on like the Wakelet um, sessions that they do and look at how other educators have been using it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. So there's some that use it with the students, and I think that's a great idea. And then I've seen ones that use it with their staff. So because I'm mainly staff development, they've shown how they're using it for that as well. And there's just so many different ideas of how you can use Wakelet, um, and I just, it's my go-to app. Um, I've even, and it, you know, we're not salespeople. You know, we're genuinely doing it because we think it works, but the amount of people I've kind of got on board and they're gone, oh my God, like first they've said, Wakelet is terrible. And I'm like, no, it's not. Look at this, look at this, what you can do. And they're like, oh, actually, this is really good. <laughs> yeah, I agree, yeah. Yeah, we're not, it, it's just really good, isn't it? It's a really, really good tool. Yeah, I mean, you've only got the danger of maybe, you know, could it, if you really think about a really bad thing, could it close one day, you know, when all our stuff's on there? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I haven't thought about that, to be fair. Yeah. I think if you got to a stage where I've got, like, a lot of stuff, really, and I, I just feel like, yeah, it'd be quite, I could I could recreate it, um, I guess. Well, no, before that happens, let us know, because you can export it onto PDF, can't you? Yeah, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> and I, I want to trust them. You know. yeah. So I hope they would, if if the worst came to worse, that there would be some kind of way that you can download it. You know, it's like Facebook. I think you can. Okay. Down, but I don't think Wakelet are going anywhere, are they? Because um, Microsoft, they're a big partner of Microsoft, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we're doing, um, we've just been asked to do one. Um, I'll ask you, maybe you could, you could join us, actually. I've just been asked, we've been asked to do one for FE, like having an FE day on Wakelet. Oh, wow. So um, I'll ask, do you know Chloe Hines? I don't know. Okay. Have you, or have you seen anything of her on Twitter? Or no. Like okay. Maybe, I don't know. No, don't, don't ring a bell. Okay, well, she's another Wakelet ambassador, but she's also um, in other, like, commu FE communities. She does a lot with ESOL, really, um, but she lots, does a lot of staff development. So she's asked me and a couple of others because she's begged Wakelet to do, like, an FE day, like, training event. So Yeah, cool, yeah. If you fancied coming along with us, we've ju we're literally just today, so it it's very brand new. Um, that we set up a group on Twitter. 
Yeah, let me know, definitely. I'd be really interested in that. Honestly, delivering yeah. something because it's really good for us because we, I'm often in a community of people that just teach English or ESOL. Mm. So to yeah. get another perspective from a different teacher, a teacher in a different industry, it's really helpful. Oh, cool. Yeah, definitely. I'll be up for that. Yeah. I guess we didn't talk about TikTok. I think what you've done is really good. I've just been sort of making videos for the fun of it. But yeah, I think what Mike Folson's done and the amount of followers he's got and how he makes his videos and just the tips. Yeah, it's just, I think that's a really cool way of learning. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm you ever always... want to sort of start something up with that and to do it well, I don't know how you could, I don't think we could, you could hit that heights, could you? But I think that way of learning for me is so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just a quick, it's just like the new thing, isn't it? It's whatever works. Like I said, years ago, I was one of the first teachers to use Twitter and add my students onto it. But in my head, I was just thinking, well, as they're scrolling through the newsfeed, they might see my tweet saying, make sure you do your homework <laughs> you know, yeah. for me next week. And then, you, and now I'm sort of at the point where it's like, well, they're all on TikTok. Um, Same. so if you did a tiktok they just suddenly see you do it or they might relate to it more or um obviously for me now i'm in staff development um but i just thought it's another avenue for teachers to look at some quick tips especially at the moment they're saying well we've not got time we've not got time well yeah, definitely what watch a five second ten second clip yeah definitely it's really that's what works for me just like this really quick um, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, apply, you know, there and then. And, you know, you've sort of done something that saves you time. Yeah. Um, and what I would do, like if you're a teacher who is wanting to look at quick tips, you could make a separate, like an education account or just a separate account. So I have a personal one and then a one that I use for for work. And then you can just follow all education people rather than following like celebrities and stuff. You could just follow the one, the education stuff, and then on that account, you know that the only things that are coming up are, you know, education-wise. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works, isn't it? Yeah, no, he's fab. I love. I, he's I fab, use isn't him he? As, a, as help because he's he's good with the way he delivers, and he really is. And he's he's another one who's, you know, got that. Is seeing sort of what technology can do to because he's really big on dyslexia and, and yeah. sort of leveling well, he's, the he's created that immersive or is a partner isn't he in the immersive reader yeah. immersive reader and um the reading progress do you know he's also been re using reading progress with the students uh, in fe so yeah, yeah just tell us about reading progress yeah so reading progress is the the new tool from Microsoft to prove students' fluency, and there's tons of research around that, and there's a blog on Microsoft. I can go into too much detail now, but um, and so during part of the MIE community, and this is another thing that sort of spurred on my engagement and and led me to becoming a, an MIE expert fellow was. I joined lots of, um, I think they call them beta testing groups. You, so they've got a new technology. They want want to trial it. So they trial it. We would trial it with edu education, people in education, teachers and 
And so I was involved with, um, I'm involved with the Microsoft Educator Centre being moved to Microsoft Learn. I'm involved with, they're talking about an outlook for education. So I've been giving some feedback on that. And then also this sure. this reading, that'd be cool if that happens. And then this reading progress, um, which is this fluency tool. And it, it's for, it's for in, English, really, fl fluency. But um, I was just so excited about it, and especially because of the technology of the, the immersive reader and, and, and the improving reading. And I could see that was with my students who really practically minded we're really just struggling with just um, completing quizzes I was giving them and, and, and any sort of form of the reading, really. So I helped trial reading progress. And I had this one student, dyslexic student, I had him practicing his tree ID on it. It's a common and um, scientific names, Latin names. And yeah, he's, it, was, it was just so, so awesome. And uh, he used to have the support worker with him, but it just yeah. really improved his confidence, you know, reading. Because I guess <clears throat> I wouldn't, I'm not experienced myself. You might have, if you said you were involved with English teaching, but um, if, the, if a student had to read in front of the class or the teacher, it's just, you know, just I can imagine the sort of fear and, just yeah not a really nice place to be and especially if you didn't like reading out loud or in front of others and and so this reading progress is it's, it's a personal space where the students can read they can look back on their reading they can listen to their voice and just practice their reading fluency and so yeah I think that's a real um yeah I guess being able to listen back to yourself because I bet you can learn a lot from that because you might not realise as you're reading it. And then when you listen back, you might say, oh, I realise what I'm doing wrong there. Definitely, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I've, it's, 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 um, it, it's been used now widely and I think they're still sort of testing out a few glitches here and there, but I think it's really doing really well and... And people who actually, you know, actually would benefit from it, the English teachers and language teachers, they're, they're really sort of shouting about it, really. I don't know if you've noticed anything, have you? No, I don't know anybody who's used it in our college. I've tried to promote it. Um, I've not spoken to anybody. I'm, I don't teach myself at the moment, so I've not even been able to use it myself. But now with what you're saying, it might be something I'm definitely going to mention. <laughs> Mike Foster loves it, but yeah, because he, he's really passionate about it. But it's it's within assignments and teams, it's really easy to create an assignment with it. And so, yeah, if you could, I mean, I don't know how engaged your sort of English department is on using technology within the classroom, but I think if they, if you showed them that, I think they'd love it. Uh, it's, well, hopefully they'd love it, especially if they're technical. No, like they like tech as well. Then also, yeah, just any any sort of teachers who, like for example, you know, just want their their students to practice reading. Because um, yeah, it's funny because I, well, I taught English. I taught functional skills for many years, and even though they have an assessment on reading, they don't get assessed by their reading fluency. They're assessed on if they understood what they've read so they'll 
they'll be asked questions and then they have to be able to scan, uh, skim and scan for that information or or be able to interpret idioms or you know parts of speech and stuff like that but uh, reading fluency was I, I lived in Italy for two years and I was in a primary school reading fluency there is very big because they're trying to learn the phonics and Oh and yeah. So reading uh, reading progress for me was like, oh, I could have really used that, you know, two years ago when I was there. Um, um, but I do think there's a lot to be said about us still targeting our older students who were pre GCSE or haven't passed the GCSEs yet, because the problem could be their reading fluency. Yeah, I actually, and that's another thing that sparked my sort of passion around this and. So it's using the word passion seems quite strong, but it has kind of. And um, so in FE, I feel like there's a lot of students who have sort of slipped through the net somehow in school, and and you almost feel like they've not been taught properly. But that's that's not obviously not correct. But they just um, the teacher hasn't sort of taught them how they learn let's say or so i feel there's a lot of students who come into fe thinking they're just practically minded that just haven't learned properly or yeah have the opportunity to learn properly and i think yeah being able to then um, with these students let them use an app like free fluency you know sort of kind of pick up a bit on where whatever you know whatever they missed out on primary and you might know bit more about that than than I do from a sort of a teaching background but it does just feel like that to me and um yeah I mean I don't know how much it goes into phonics because phonics for me when I knew about that and about how it works because I did a qualification in teaching English after you know my teacher training mm -hmm. it really opened my eyes to especially for learners with dyslexia or have never learned to read because you work with adults that never learned to read and can't read so to teach them how to read, you would, I don't even know of a program called Toe by Toe. No, um, I don't know it, no. Right, it's brilliant. So it's a brilliant program for um, adults or children with dyslexia to teach them how to read. But instead of showing them real words, you show them nonsense words mm -hmm. so that they're actually reading phonetically rather than uh, you know, just guessing what a word means because a lot of, as you get older you know that that probably says fire exit because you just you've always seen green and someone's already told you it says fire exit or you know you know that that says baked yeah. beans or coffee because you just you're old you're old enough to kind of understand the picture but actually to read you're actually reading phonetically so i just wonder if reading progress has got that in oh yeah definitely so you um some homework for you is do the on the Microsoft Educator Centre there is a, a reading progress course so just a short course and it that explain better what you know around sort of the the reasoning behind um, why it's important for um, people to to have reading fluency and okay. and then on I and a man another Twitter lady she's got a thing link with loads of phonics on it's amazing I'll, I'll send you it okay. she, she was teaching her primary school kids and they're in scotland would they maybe teach phonics more there than we do in the uk do you know or um i don't honestly because i've, I've not taught in a primary school mm. in the uk i can't i can't really say um, yeah 
but I assume it is the the same. It's a program called Jolly Phonics, which we used, mm. which was actually English. So, but they have different ph- phonemes in in Scotland than <laughs> we do in England. So. <laughs> I'd be interested to know what, you know, I think they say J instead of J and, and stuff like oh, that. Oh, grams, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to confuse uh, our students and with that. So. Yeah, and they roll their R's in Scotland and we don't. <laughs> so oh, question. Well, yeah, thanks, Beth. Really awesome to, to chat with you. And, and, yeah, I really like everything you've been doing on Twitter and your podcast and Oh, thanks. Well, I like yours as well. It's good to have, you know, someone else to talk to and, um, and, and you know, someone else doing TikTok because I haven't found many people doing TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's been great. And I've got loads, I've had, got loads of ideas from what you've told me. And I think it's really going to help a lot of the teachers who are maybe working in practical subjects um, and how they can use ed tech to improve you know, the learning outcomes, I think it's a really good listen. Oh, excellent. Thank you. And, and yeah, um, yeah, look forward to maybe working with you on the way clear yeah. as well. All right. All right. Well, okay, um, Beth, see you, see you around. Yeah, I'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Another couple of websites that you might be interested in are the GMCG Digital and Blended Learning Project website and you can find this on www.gmc-hq.co.uk and this was a a collaborative site that I was a part of and all the digital and blended learning champions across Greater Manchester put together lots of resources and ideas to help improve digital and blended learning so there's lots of reports on there presentations resources you can use videos and it's really worth having a look on there everything is completely free you just need to sign up and you might get a newsletter once a month about that another website i like to go on is called future learn which is all free courses One of the courses I did when I first signed up years ago is the Blended Learning Essentials. So if you're new to blended learning, I really suggest you go on there. Now it is free, but the courses are not available all the time every year. So at the moment, the Blended Learning Essentials course is not free. You can go on it now or you can wait until they provide that for free. And every now and again, they do provide it for free course that I found really interesting which is available is the UCL blended and online learning design and I really suggest again if you're ever new to blended learning or you would like to think about how you can embed blended learning into your courses and use online and blended learning this is an excellent course that looks at the pedagogy of students and gives you access to a free online and blended learning design platform, which is great for planning.
my quick teaching tip for episode six. Do you have learners that are often late for class or do not behave in the classroom? A really good way to motivate students is to give them points. They don't necessarily need to win awards, but just having a point or getting something like a sticker can be really motivating for the students. The best way in my eyes to use behaviour management is through positive. So ignore the negatives and focus on the positives. This is where Class Dojo comes in to play. Now, I discovered Class Dojo when I was working in a primary school, but I've recently introduced it to a few of the teachers that I worked with in FE, and they found it really helpful. And this is both with the 16 to 19 year olds and their adults. So Class Dojo gives you the platform to create a class of little monsters and you can have your own criteria on what you want to give students points for. So for example, you might want to say, arrive on time. So for every learner that arrives on time, they will get a point. You might want to make a point of this as when a learner comes in late, you say, oh, I'll be giving all the points, I'll be giving points to all the learners that arrived on time and that learner may notice they are not getting a point. They may not say anything, but if they do say something, say that, well, come in again tomorrow on time and you will get a point. This way you are enforcing good behavior and you're ignoring the negative. This is Class Dojo. You can find this online, just search for it. And it is completely free. There are also a few other things that you can use on Class Dojo, such as using blended learning and giving learners an online portfolio or giving them work to do at home. You can also use this platform to talk with parents and share pictures and videos to the parents of what you are doing in class. This might work for your foundation learners. So now we are at the new segment of my podcast, which I'm trying out, called Listener Questions. I went on Twitter and Instagram, and I asked you guys to give me some questions. This is so I can gauge into what you actually want the answers to. today's question is from Kasia. She asked, do you have a quick way of organising students into group for group work? She says, a favourite randomizer, I guess. Now, I don't know what you're using at the moment, but I can think of three platforms straight away. So you have Triptico. Triptico, your college may have access to. And you can import all of your learner names. You can just import them via Word document or Excel. And then it has a group maker on there. And you can decide how many sets of groups you want, 
Um, you can also use this for using in the quizzes or just maybe to pick on somebody. You've also got classroom screen. Now, if you've not used classroom screen, this is a lot of tools on it, including a timer and a stopwatch and a clock. But it also has a group maker and a name picker. To add names, you do need to sign up, but it's completely free. And that's a really good one. The final platform, which I talked about before in my quick teaching tip, is using Class Dojo. So you may already be using Class Dojo as your behaviour platform or a way to give your students work. You can also put your learners into groups using Class Dojo. It automatically does it for you, or you can do it yourself. And then you may want to use this as your point, so where you're giving groups points. This is actually sometimes works better if you're giving groups points rather than giving individuals points. You might want to think about how the learner might feel if they're only getting points individually and maybe a group system will work and it might give them the peer pressure to behave because they don't want their friends to lose points. So there you have it. We've got Classroom Screen, Class Dojo, both are free, and you've also got Triptico if your college have a license for that. If your college don't have a license, it's actually really cheap and you just need to go on Triptico and have a speak to the developer on there. That's it at the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I wish you a lovely Christmas with a lovely new year. Let's think positively for January and I hope you can start back the new year all refreshed, maybe taking on some teaching tips you've heard today or by using some of the resources I've suggested in this week's episode. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Please let me know if you would like to be on one of my episodes in the future. I'm looking to speak to anybody from teachers to students to senior leaders, app developers, or anyone working in the tech industry in education. If you would like to follow my blog, you can follow me on Wakelet at Beth43. I'm also on Twitter, Beth Derbyshire, without the E on the end, 18. pronounce your surname <laughs> sean mclaughlin mclaughlin okay yeah. i wasn't sure it was mclaughlin Mal- or <laughs> mclaughlin it's spelled laughlin but yeah McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so i'm joined today by sean mclaughlin so i've said that wrong mclaughlin is that right yeah that's right okay so